views and opinions expressed in this show are not necessarily of the host, the company, the owners, or anyone associated with the show. Hello, Abed. Hi, Chawa. How are you? How are you? I'm greatish. I've been trying to connect. You know this technology thing. <laughs> <laughs> are you hearing me clearly? Are you seeing me clearly? Yes, I can see it clearly. Your voice is clear now. All right. Hello, everybody. I hope, I hope you can see me and there's my voice clear. The, your voice is clear, but I sense an echo. Um, I'm in the living room. Maybe it's because it's a big space. Okay. 
anyway uh, hello everybody i see bokani joined us shadi joined us hello and welcome to creative cut box the show that aims to promote sustainable visual art and to bridge the gap between art creators and consumers i'm your host chawa and today we are joined by somebody who's very diverse uh he has vast experience uh you know he wears a lot of hats across the visual arts industry Um Mr. Mkhitaryan can I ask you like because I think the effort is going to be a huge challenge. Come again. I'm thinking the effort is going to be a huge challenge. Are you able oh. to have um Is that okay? Yeah, go on. Hello. Hello. Yeah, it's reconnecting. So I don't know if it's for your side or my side. we can hear you clearly all right um mr mustani wears many hats across the visual art industry he's a world known figure in the botswana art sector he's an art teacher award winning visual artist an artist and art manager an art consultant and a curator with over 20 years experience in the visual art industry He's passionate about compliance and fair visual artists as well as artist development. He has an eye for talent and has always always has innovative ideas for young and developing artists as well as the creative industry as a whole. Um Mr. Mbisan which other hat did I leave? Oh thank you Chawa. Eh um You make it sound like I'm, I'm a good, right? <laughs> All right. Um, well, I don't know, but uh, well, I've been in the arts for over 20 years, like you said, and uh, maybe just one, one that I'm a mentor to some of the people in the arts industry. Maybe forgot that head. Uh, yeah. Other than that, it's just quite a lot of us. Yes. <laughs> yes. Other than that um I'm also the chairperson for Vafesa. Vafesa is a is a, is a visual art forum for educators in Southern Africa. It was launched in South Africa in 2019. So I've been its chairperson since then. Uh I think that besides that you've quite mentioned everything that I do. Uh, the award winning part um the two time tire award winner 2014 and 2017 well I, i like saying it though it's, it's it sounds like I'm, i'm rubbing it in in some of the artists but it's deliberate because i need them to also challenge the the the, the award because um it, it is an indication of growth actually you shouldn't be shy from competition So currently I'm the only one who won it twice so I'm still to see who's going to dethrone me and take away the award. Uh well apart from that I think um that's that, that's all that's all. I'm, I'm an art educator. I uh, started teaching around 2004 up until today. Wow. And and just you know I understand you're an art teacher you were when you started teaching art but when did you start art itself Well I think like most African young boys and girls uh, you start normally in your you know village but uh, maybe I just have to mention that I actually grew up around art uh, it's only just that back then it wasn't considered art maybe because my mother my own mother uh, used to do a lot of tapestries she would do a lot of sewing and knitting for the villagers in Sichele so well may have I mean may have rest in peace um but i think i did learn a lot from her because i grew around her and she was my buddy you know we were always together enemies because i was a naughty boy but would when it comes to 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 artworks she would be I'll be her assistant so actually I was introduced to art uh, at that early age but then I I used to hang out with a lot of older boys who were ahead in grades so when they got to junior school before me they told me you know guy you know you have an artistic talent maybe when you get to junior school you can try 
Unfortunately, the junior school that I went to at the time didn't have art, but they had, because I'd grown the passion, I managed to convince my parents to transfer me to a school that had actually art. But when I got there, they couldn't allow me to do art. So what I had to do was to befriend some of the guys who were doing art in my class. So I'd spend most of the time in the art lab instead of the DNT lab, which I was studying at the time. So that's actually my journey started. And then I got to senior school, I had to make sure, because we were doing all subjects, and then we'd have uh, an examination at the end of the year where we would select options. So when I deliberately failed other options and made sure that I put my all so that I end in an, in an art class. Wow. Well, post uh, senior school, I went to MCE. While I went to MCE, it was by chance anyway. I was traveling from University of Botswana where I applied for a law degree. And then I met a friend who wanted directions to MCE. So when I go there, I found people applying and I was a little bit naive at the time. So I didn't know what was happening. So as soon as I saw art in the forms, like, ah, no. if it is art, then I'm going in. Only to learn later that it's actually a teacher training institution. That's how my art and teacher training started. Art education started. Um, while there, at first year, uh, I and a group of other students, we managed to group ourselves and stage our first ever exhibition at the Khadishchele wow. Museum. Um, that's actually our passion started. And I never stopped since then. As soon as I joined the, the, the teaching service, I made a group of Zambian artists, uh, art educators as well. So we, we clicked. We decided to reestablish a certain organization called Artista Across the Zambezi. We were exhibiting annually in Zambia. Wow. So I was wow. one of the organizers. So maybe this is where the management and curatorial aspect came in because I with Adrian and Goma were spearheading the whole thing. But uh, the group disbanded around 2009 because it was made mostly of foreign teachers. Our first exhibition in 2006 was the only Mutana, youngest at the time, at around 25. Um, so each year we'd make sure that you go to Zambia at Hendro Tayali. A gallery and would exhibit there. So it was it was an eye opening uh, because I got to now meet the real art world, also outside my country. So I had to learn a few things and uh, bring them back. And then I started recruiting some of our local art educators to join me. Uh, I think in the 2009 edition, one artist joined me, Emmanuel, but he's no longer practicing now. So ever since I then joined Tapong Visual Arts Center around the same time, 2005. And then in 2006, I had my first solo. Uh, it wasn't easy because it was because of the distance. I was in Makalamaviti, like Maui site. And I had to exhibit in Kaburoni, no funding. I had to sponsor myself. But you know, when you are driven by passion, yeah, you can't stop. Yes, so I through. I'm, um, I'm a very passionate guy. If I, if I love something, I am relentless. I don't stop. So that was also around the time that Tapong also introduced the, the Taya Awards. I entered each and every, each year, I entered the Taya Awards. I was unsuccessful until 2014 when oh. I got the first award. So that's how... So the first one was in 2000 and what? 2014. The first one was in 2014, and then you got the first one in 2014. No, no, as in when did Thaya start? Oh, oh Thaya started around 2006. 2006 to 2014, joined every year. Wow. Every year. You're really, really relentless. Yes, yes, without fail, I would, I would make sure that uh, I attend each and every one of them. Also, at the time, there was also artist in Botswana which was also an annual event, and I would attend. Every time I got invited, I would make sure that I featured in, in those exhibitions. Uh, also, 
during my teaching time, right from the, the time we started, there's also an organization called Bonapa. Bonapa is Botswana National Art Fair, where we carry out exhibitions for students, but we also encourage uh, teachers to work. You know, besides just going to classroom and teach, we encourage teachers to also exhibit. So at the time, I was also instrumental in the regional and the national uh, committees of Bonafa. Right from 2005 until, I think, 2012, um, I also served as maybe chairperson and vice chairperson of the, 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 the NATA Art Association. Well, we call it NAT, it's actually at, not uh, Atan, not NATA. NATA was, <laughs> was, was the Yes, Atan. Atan was the Art Teachers Association of Nganiland. Uh, so we worked there and would make sure that each year we carry out exhibitions for students and now and then we'd have teachers there and there. Maybe a highlight from the Bonafa was around 2012 when I was finally engaged in the in the in the in the executive. Uh, around twenty ten the education regions had to be divided. There was South, North, Central, and then the South one had to be divided into three sub-regions. So there was now Southeast, Queeny and South. So teachers now in in, in the Southeast, the newly established Southeast couldn't just meet and make a committee for the Southeast Teachers Association. So I got invited to a Bonapa executive meeting in Palata when I wasn't aware what was going to happen. But when I got there, the then chairperson, national chairperson, Mr. Piri, then said, I trust, that, well, based on your, on your experience, uh, I would like to give you this assignment that you go and establish the art association in southeast wow. and we were like three weeks before the national bonafa exhibition that was in soro while i was new in the region i just come in 2010 had not met anyone yet except those whom i was working with so i i tried and in the 23 weeks out of the 29 schools in the region 18 actually participated and some of them actually won awards at that so that is when i then realized you know now i have to establish this as, a, as an association properly but i had difficulty getting them together that is why they had stayed for over two years without meeting as fate would have it there was a a workshop hosted by this other gal other gallery, uh, Healing Art Gallery, that was in Mainmore. It was a tapestry workshop. Uh, it was facilitated by this lady called Kamola from Ecuador. So I managed to talk to Kamola to say, you know what, I want to uh, conduct a workshop for art teachers in the Southeast so that at least they can get the opportunity to meet them so that they can eventually then form a committee that would then spearhead the establishment of the the whole the whole association. So we had an agreement and fortunately the leadership at the time, the regional director and the teacher training the PEO uh, welcomed the idea and so in November 2012 that's when we had the workshop, the tapestry workshop, and then ever since SEATA, as it is now called, Southeast Art Teachers Association was established. So, I, well, I've, <laughs> I've worked and done quite a few in the, in the arts industry uh, locally. So basically, that's just some of the few things that I've actually done over the years. So my journey actually started way then up until today where now I'm more than just an artist, more than just an educator, educator. Um, being now an artist manager, uh, like an art consultant, an independent curator, and the director of and founder of Empire Arts Consultancy. So I think I've said a mouthful there. 
You know, I'm just sitting there uh, thinking I need to go back and watch this over a nice cup of coffee just to listen to your journey, some of your achievements, because some, which I know, I know you did not mention. Um, I think with you really, I, I, I don't know, how many pictures is your bio? <laughs> Come again? How many pages is your bio? <laughs> Well, uh, when I write my CV, well, I usually like summarize that it goes to four to five pages, so it's quite, 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 quite a lot. You, you've really a done lot. a lot over the years. Uh, but out of these uh, many hats that you wear, I mean, you're a teacher, you're a visual artist, you're a creative, which of the hats do you love the most? And what are your biggest, just at least two key achievements? Um, uh, it's hard to choose. It's hard to choose. Uh, you know, when you're a multidisciplinary person, it's, it's hard. But at the end of the day, you just have to settle for one or two because you can do everything. Uh, you know, um, above everything, I may not be educated, I think, for life. And that will never change. Even if I were to leave the teaching profession, I would still be engaged in in in, in doing in empowering not just students but also artists locally, regionally, probably internationally as well. Uh, as a highlight to some of the things you said, I didn't mention um, because like, like my the strategic strategic partner to Empire Artist Tapo. Uh, visual Arts Center. So, since 2019, we've been engaged in uh, professional development workshops for local artists. Uh, the the first one I was actually with my one of my former lecturers at MCE, Mr. Dan Sivanda, and then you know we moved on to the other one where I was alone. Well, that's the one when we actually met and had a chat. Uh, so you see, art education is still part of me. I'm passionate about it. And for me, it's all about giving the artist the, the knowledge and skills to actually know how they can actually, you know, traverse this art world and the market and trends. And, you know, um, it, it, as an art educator, over the years, there's, a, there's, there's something that has actually pushed me to establish empire arts. Uh, and other projects that I might engage with uh, with other with other people. One of those is that our education system, though right now in the curriculum we have art education, but it does not cater for the out of school uh, kid. And over the years, I've taught kids with many different. Uh, learning abilities and I would find a student who's very talented and very hardworking but they would fail uh, the other academic subjects so for me it's like I shouldn't actually abandon them so I should also get into the art space and try to further the education and give them more knowledge on the, on, 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 on the subject and so that they can actually become better artists. You know, um, I got emotional in 2019 when I was attending a cultural uh, intensive in Cape Town. Uh, it was organized by Independent Characters International from New York. So I met uh, Rafael Chukuke, a curator from Zimbabwe. And then he said to me, you know, in Botswana, Botswana is actually a sleeping giant when it comes to the arts, but I don't understand how it is that you are not actually there in the international space. So, you know, that, that got me thinking and got me a little bit emotional to say, um, we need to do more. We need to do more. We need to educate more. We need to empower each other more so that we get out there and show the world that we exist and we have the talent with the skills and everything. So for me, educating artists is, 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 is the most important hat 
Uh, but of course, I'm, a, I'm an independent curator. Um, I would love to be regarded as one as well and an art consultant since I also started Empire Art Consultancy. Uh, this is also to say we can actually share knowledge and skills on, on the, the art spaces so that we together can actually improve our artistic landscape. You know, uh, my passion is to see BW artists getting out there and showcasing their talent and being recognized for what they have and their process. And it's, it is that important to me. Yeah. Um, th there's, you know, speaking of you wearing many hats, you know, around, as I move around with artists, especially young artists, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, we hear a lot of them uh, saying, you know, um, in the neck, I think I'll, I'll, I'll quote them better in the neck. In essence, um, you know, how do you separate being an artist and an actual um, artist? Like, where do you separate the two and how do you find and strike that balance? Uh, you're not clear on the last line there. Can you come again? Um, how do you separate and balance being an artist in one hand, being an artist manager in the Hello? Uh, can you hear me now? I got the part where you said, how do I balance being an artist and an art manager? Yes. And I didn't get the that's, In essence, that's the question. Ah, okay. Yo, um, it's tough. It's tough because uh, first and foremost, I'm an employee of the government, so my or most of my time is to do the government job, being a educator that I am. But in my spare time, that is after work, and that is on weekends, I nowadays I focus more on on developing the the, 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 the the portfolio around artist management. Uh, if, you have, if you have seen recently, I haven't been participating much uh, in the art space as an artist. As an artist, yes. Uh, because I'm now, yes, I'm trying to, to push on now. Artist becomes like, being an artist becomes like being a little bit of a hobby. Because I think my focus now is on developing the creative industry locally so that uh, I have an input in, in, in making this a very great and successful space. Uh, you, you know, we, we need to, we have a responsibility to the future generation to actually make the platform easy and accessible for them to actually flourish in the arts. So that's where my passion now lies. But occasionally I do create an artwork now and then, but it's no not as much as when I used to uh, before establishing Empire Arts. So for now, my focus is more on the artist management and consultancy, uh, especially the consultancy part mostly, because this is where we also focus on giving the platforms to artists to actually showcase. So we are their voice, we try to get out there and get spaces for them to showcase their talent with the little financing that I have, which I actually get from my employment and sometimes yeah. videos that I create on the site so that I can push this agenda forward. Uh, last year, like last year we had two two solo exhibitions by emerging artists. I had to like there's a there's a company that is employed or well, not employed but sometimes gives me uh side jobs to do to engrave images for their tombstones which i'm very appreciative because they actually helped me so all the time like at night i'll be working on those pieces and then once i get paid i'll then take the money to finance the the the, the exhibition programs so it has not been that easy but we'll manage we'll get through 
uh hopefully soon soon i think maybe in, in a couple of years i'll have to maybe retire from my teaching job and then focus fully on on this one because like i said this is where now my passion lies we're getting so much love from our viewers. We got a hi and a shout out from the man. We got a lot of hugs from my little for win art. Uh, we're getting some from just a lot of love. I've been um, uh, mesmerized by your story so much so that uh, for a moment I forgot to interact with them. By the way, the audience is open to ask uh, Mr. Mukhikani. Uh, questions as you comment, uh, share your comments, your ideas, and anything that you'd like to learn from him. Uh, he's a creative development brother, he's an art practitioner, an educator, a curator, an award-winning visual artist, a teacher, an artist, an artist manager, like he has, like, I trust in art in Botswana, he, he knows quite a lot and he always has ideas on what to do where how to put the head and how to that's who he is mr obed Mugutani. now mr Mugutani, you spoke that uh, one of your counterparts said that botswana is a sleeping giant in terms of the art can you break that yes. down for us um simply put uh it means botswana is a potential there's a lot of potential, Botswana artists uh, are they are gifted, they're talented, and they're hardworking. Uh, it's only just that maybe the problem now, which I think I've observed, is we, don't, we, we lack spaces, spaces where we can fully express ourselves. Uh, I remember when I was judging the, the Taya 2019, uh, one of the recommendations we had made was that with the tire space, yeah, it does not allow yeah. a, a lot of artists who can actually want to make larger than live installations, you know, and most of the time also, most of these artists, they don't have studio spaces. Uh, it's a challenge and maybe until then, but at the end of the day, the little that the world is seeing actually is potential and it's, it's great that they can actually use this uh, platform to actually use art as an as, 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 for, 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 to improve the GDP of this country. You know, art has got these economic benefits that we are not exploiting at the, time, at, uh, at the current time. Yes, uh, just yesterday and today, there was a SACU roundtable summit at GICC, and you find that some of the invitees uh, where people from maybe the textile industry and no one from the from the arts industry country. actually observe that I did yes. observe that. So currently, yeah, currently there's the the Mozambique Botswana, uh, another roundtable sort of summit at the uh, Pakalan Gov State. I, I don't know if any artist is actually representing us there, and you see that these opportunities where we need to to get in the front line and get to actually articulate our our demands for for recognition we are we are we are not being given fortunately i mean not fortunately but i'm happy that actually one of the artists based in in kasani uh team from team arts on forbes under i was arts. very very yes. happy to see that shout out to team arts for representing us you know, and uh, I was very happy that it is the one of this this uh, this summit actually reached out to the visual artists because they are always left out yeah. of this. But anyway, I'm very hopeful. I'm very hopeful that uh, with the establishment of the Arts Council, a lot of these things will then change uh, because at least for the for the last. For the very first time, we now had political will to establish the, the Arts Council. So that's what we've been looking forward to now. It is up to those who will be given the power to make sure that uh, we are represented. We are represented and we push for, for, for recognition. We push for, for support. We, we lack a lot of support in the, in the arts. 
Yeah. So you see, the talent is there, like the talent is there, but we are not igniting it to get out of there because for a very long time there was no political will to actually activate the artists. So seeing this, uh, you know, the the folks under thirty and the team representing the, the visual artists there. It's hope. It's hope. I'm always hopeful. There is hope to the end of Agreed. Yes. Gabelo um, Kim is asking, Arts Council question mark. Gabelo Kim, do you mean, <laughs> are you asking if there's an Arts Council? Or <laughs> what's the question? <laughs> um, I must say, what you're saying um, about political will is very I read through the NDP 12 and I actually noticed yeah. that there was a lot of representation of visual arts compared to other plans that, you know, I perused in the past. Um, definitely now, uh, I'm at an age of understanding better and I did see a lot of political will and change. But I think in terms of spaces, um, the National Museum seems bigger, way bigger than before. So I hope our art gallery is big. Because some of the challenges that I hear as, as I interact with artists is uh, the maximum of one five. What if I want to make a huge one, etc. And not just that, I mean, a lot of artists submit and a lot of uh, displays are not, or rather a lot of artworks are not displayed. In addition to that, I, I mean, I also have have a fair share of my visual artistic practice. And I'll say for sure that there's so much talent in Botswana. So, so, so much talent. Almost like it's, it's, it runs in, in our team. So I think um, we act. Gabelo, Kim are at cancer, Mr. Mokushani. I don't know if, how you'd answer um, that. Uh, maybe my brother, since he's, uh, he's based in Namibia, maybe yes. he's not been in touch with... Uh, with the, with, the, with the passing of the the bill that is published, yes. Uh, but my brother K is it active? Okay, and fine. It is not yet active because uh, I think currently they are now hiring the the CEOs. But the bill was passed in Parliament, and the act is is actually there. So what is now left is uh, appointing. Uh, CEOs and directors. Actually, applications have been already been made. I think they are waiting on on higher endorsement. Yeah. I think from there it will, it will take off. Yes. So uh, it, it, it's a development. Uh, my brother, Keith, how are you? It has been long. Yeah, we've been talked for <laughs> for quite a bit today. So yeah, and in terms of spaces, like you said. Um, our national gallery is expanding. We are also hopeful that a lot of the spaces will be availed. But we also need a lot of spaces out there, you know, in Kachika, in Sichele, or Masonga nearby, for instance, because yeah. we, we can't all be coming to the city to, to, to exhibit to these exhibit, spaces. Yeah. We need to yeah. also take it to our local communities so that we can also incorporate also in the art creation, you know, uh, tap into the IKS and showcase all our, as part of our heritage. Yeah. You know, um, I'm happy that in Mulepolo they also the expansion of Mulepolo. No, it's not actually even an expansion. It's actually a new structure altogether. Is it of a, of a new museum? Yes, uh, there seems going to be the biggest in the country. Yeah. I had the privilege of taking a tour sometime last year. Uh, it is impressive and it's promising. So these are the kind of spaces we want. And one one of the things that you can actually note there was that also building art studios. You see, this is a welcome development because then artists around Queening and Mulepolule can actually, you know, get into the studios and work since most of them do not have studios. Independent studios. But in addition to this. Yes, in addition to this, they should also, I think that council will also allow, not that for now it's prohibited, but it should, it should facilitate the establishment of uh, more commercial galleries, independent and private commercial galleries. You know, these are the ones that would attract mostly uh, buyers and... Commercial, the commercial aspect. 
that because I believe yes. if we were to really we need companies like Creative Cut, companies like Empire Arts, companies etc. that are independent that would actually push the monetization beyond what uh, the government is giving us. Uh, Definitely. Are great to hear that more than 20 years in the making of the Arts Council. <laughs> and I must say, Remukhikadi, you must be proud because in your entire 20 years, you've been pushing for the Arts Council. I, <laughs> I am, I am. Uh, I, I think there about 2012, not 2013 actually, when I was, I was in South Africa studying for my, my degree in fine art, I had chats with the uh, who was by then in Tanzania and I was passionate about it. You know, I talked to Reba Kuen and Kapun about it. And when suggestions were, well, when, when the draft bill was established for the Arts Council, I jumped on it and I contributed. Uh, I can't see uh, how, how that was impactful on, <laughs> in this space, but. I, 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 I did put down my, my a few words there to say this is how I would, uh, I would think because I did a lot of research. Actually, it was also part of my research for the, for the master's in art and culture management. So though I had to later on stop the, 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 the master's because of other social uh, engagements, but that's how passionate I was about the establishment of the Arts Council. Yes, so that <laughs> I am happy. I'm happy, actually. And we all. Ramukutani, uh, we've been talking about Empire Arts. Let us take this time now. We just talked about the significance of private companies as well. Let us talk about what, what is Empire Arts. We've heard that you were motivated to establish it because you wanted to be a consultant and artist. But what does it do, and what can you know an artist benefit from Empire? Um, we at Empire Arts actually want want to establish ourselves as a, a hub, you know, a hub that uh, just a second that offers artists, curators, uh, art lovers, and collectors the, that interconnected opportunity to actually exclusively engage on artistic development that is locally, regionally, and globally. Uh, because we believe in giving that is the opportunity to grow their creative practice, you know, by impeccably providing multi-platforms multi that would enable them to continuously create. You know, um, when you said earlier on that uh, I usually come up with the new initiatives, uh, in one of our exhibitions last year, we actually started introducing ticketing, you know, where we say, why is it that for the visual arts, it needs to be enjoyed freely, but all other uh, sectors in the creative industry, people need to pay to even go for a book launch. Not that the book launch is not that important, but what I mean is all of them, all of them, they, they, there's money paid to actually enjoy. So, the whole idea behind that was also to put money back into the artist's pockets. Because most of us, are, over the 20 years that I've been an artist, we uh, realized that all my, 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 my aims went into creating art. Uh, I've, may, I've, I've used more money creating art than I've actually gained. And this is just because most of the time our art is just exploited for free. So yeah. I thought maybe if I introduce this ticketing uh, idea, uh, you know, the little that you spend in creating artworks for your solo exhibition, you get something back into the pocket so that you can then get motivated to create more. So we, we provide uh, exhibitions, uh, events management services, where we, we make exhibitions, especially for emerging artists. Uh, we are also currently working on an idea uh, to be launched probably around September this year. We want to create awards, you know, um, and we want to award from five-year-olds to the art masters in the country. Because um, 
we are all born artists anyway. So you do not have to wait until you are 20 years old to become an artist. So I want to actually want to encourage uh, art creation from grassroots level. That is why our awards will start from five-year-olds to, you know, our old, mas our old masters whom we seem to have forgotten. Uh, and uh, they also play a very crucial role in the development of the arts. So we just want to promote uh, artistic growth, artistic growth from grassroots to professional creative practitioners. Uh, also want to be a platform where we create opportunities to raise enough funds to actually help the artists, encourage them to recurrently create and augment their socioeconomic status. You know, uh, uh, one of our other 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 services would be to provide exchange programs, you know, where we there's another in the pipeline there's also an idea of an intentional workshop. So that is an exchange of ideas and artistic skills and cultural exchange as well. Because we need to get connected to the world. You know, the world is moving fast. It's moving fast and we seem to be playing catch up. Yeah. You know, today the world is talking of NFTs in the cryptocurrency spaces, but we are still on the conventional way of creating art. So we need to actually get out there. So uh, one of our mandate is to make sure that we get connected to to the world, but we start regionally, of course. Uh, like currently we have an invitation from one of the sculpture parks in South Africa to actually suggest a few sculptors to go and participate in the annual sculpture park exhibition. So we are working with a few artists to submit their, 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 their profiles there. So, you know, we try to create opportunities for artists so that we do not only limit it to within the borders because the opportunities are out there, you know, and we are only the ones who will be limiting ourselves to think that the art market is only local. You know, we need to get connected to the whole world and exploit every other opportunity out there. Yeah. Okay. Now, there's, there's, in one of our podcast episodes, um, um, I think from last year, we had yeah. a topic on what makes art special. Um, now, I know you've been practicing for years, but uh, you, you are also an art judge right so as you judge these competitions what is your judging criteria and what what, what do you say you know, how do you say this particular work is or is the one or is the winner <laughs> well uh most importantly i think but you, you know art by nature is subjective so it's subjective but you need to also come up with the with a criteria to say this is what we are looking for. So when I was judging Tapunga Artist of the Year, I was in 2019. One of the things that we looked at was creativity, where we also looked at, uh, you know, the presentation. Uh, but above everything, uh, I think also in the, in the art spaces these days, there's more focus more on the conceptual frameworks, you know, the idea behind the creation. And one of the issues that in our, our professional development workshops we would like to, and also have restarted, is to develop artists to also learn how to write their own artist statements because this way it embeds the whole idea about their creation. So basically that's that, but uh, it also depends on, the, on, on, on what you're, you're actually judging. Uh, I just, the, the, there's just the uh, Apex Art actually invited me to be part of the jurors for the open call, open call for exhibitions, international open call for exhibitions. We started on 3rd of 4th of March to 4th of April. Uh, and in this one, we're looking at proposals. Like, and in this, we're particularly concerned about the idea. You know, what mm -hmm. is it that... Yes, what is it that the proposal uh, is 
tries to 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 bring to attention to uh, the, the the viewers and stuff. So it wasn't even about like as they would say, uh, most of the participants are not actually conversant in English, but you need to also just look for the idea within the proposal, and if the idea is you think is the best, you give it uh, your highest mark. So they've also invited me for the New York-based one, which should be around October, but uh, it's still online anyway. <laughs> Not that I'll be going to New York. <laughs> yes. Doesn't uh, matter. So we, yes, we are assigned to, to actually, uh, each one of us read about 50 proposals. Uh, I did my shift and then I volunteered to do more because I think it would give me it actually did give me an idea on how different proposals all around the world uh, are crafted. And I'm happy that one of those which I voted with the highest mark actually made it to be what the best. Wow. Uh, so it's, yes, so it's, it, it is a learning curve. So with me, learning and art is something that is continuous. So you see, judging then is, is based on a lot of things, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. Depends on what actually we're looking for. So one group might be looking for aesthetic value. Uh, some may be looking for conceptual frameworks. So that is actually. Yeah. And then most of the time, as, as we move around, I mean, one of the, the I mean, the main aim of creative is to bridge the gap between creators and consumers, right? And as we move around, I think you probably also heard it. A lot of people will then say. I don't know anything about art. Those those that have my what what do you have to say such people, for example? Um it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a diocese I'm in an interview. The, the, uh, first, first and foremost, I think we need a lot of public art education uh, because that's where the sentiment that says Haigita Sepeka art, I don't know anything about art, is because uh, most of our people here don't really have no idea what constitutes art. And however, of late, I see interests, especially as an engaged with artists on social media. I see a lot of people, you know, starting to warm up to the idea of art, but they still confine it to aesthetic. You know, almost almost. To, yes, almost almost. I can say they still confine it to realism or hyperrealism, but it goes beyond that. So I think you need to to have a lot of public art education. Uh, and the more we actually, like I said earlier, we need to be taking these things to, we should be exhibiting and show, showcasing in most parts of the country, not only in Kaburone. That is only when now most of the people actually warm up to the idea of what actually is art. You know, in the education space, uh, at the primary school, uh, they've introduced something called Kappa but it doesn't dwell much, much, much on art. And you'd be surprised that when a student goes to secondary, a parent says, do not do art because it's, it's just gonna waste your time. You know, these are the narratives and the nuances that you need to, to actually deal with and change. You know, uh, the president has a reset agenda which says to, to talk about mindset change. So these are some of the areas that you need to take into and change the mindset and the perceptions of people that think that art is a waste of time. And it is for also the same reason that Empire Art is established. That's why I would, I would want to start awarding students, I mean, kids from as early age, as early age as five years. Yeah. Because that way then, at least, yes, I think that's when parents will actually appreciate that there's actually value in art, you know, it's a starting point. It will get us somewhere. So, you know, when you have your five-year-old having won an award and uh, the whole criteria also around the, the winning will be such that there'll be social voting, like on social media, uh, crowd, crowd voting, 
without judging, if you may like, uh, where now the whole social media space would vote on a five-year-old's best work. And of course, after a selection by judges, but we would only say best ones and then take it out to social media to say, you know, the whole idea is not just to say which one is actually best created, but for the whole people to actually appreciate that you can start at an early age, that's part of the public education that you actually uh, think you can actually take to the people. Yeah, that's very interesting. But in terms of uh, um, public education, what sort of things do you think can the consumer or the ordinary person? Uh, come again. You were you were talking about public education. You've given the awards as an example, right? But what other examples yeah, yeah. that perhaps have never been done that uh, can you know help in public education? Uh, I, I think having shows, having shows in the you know outreach programs uh, where we can actually engage in in public uh, painting sessions, for instance, where we just descend on village like Molepolule with a group of artists and we just invited the whole community to come and to come in. engage yeah. in this. Yes. But the, the, we also want to break this, this narrative that art is actually just leisure or, or a hobby which is why we should actually bring in the, the economic aspect, the business side of it. Because if we just gather them there to just paint and then for them, it would seem like it's a hobby. Yeah. So, would, yes, yes. so it would be very nice if we can have, a, say, a sponsor, uh, someone or a collector who would be like, or maybe then embark on an exhibition or a sponsor or a buyer would actually buy some of the works bought in, the, in, in that exercise, because then that way people see the economic value. Because for me, it's about making money out of art more than just, uh, of course, there's, 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 there's the art therapy part, uh, but for me, it's more of the, the economic part. So, so, so I was listening to a debate not so long ago, and I mean, even as an economics graduate, I can endorse that. Um, most of the approaches that we've had locally um, were about, you know, always getting funding or always getting funded for certain things. And for people to appreciate, even including artists, to appreciate the monetary value of something, they must pay. You know, even with the origin of money, it's an exchange. So I do agree with you, Mr. Yes. that sometimes, indeed, it, it doesn't have to be you know, just in jail or free of charge. Um, yeah. So that was just to, to, to endorse what you were saying. Now, in conclusion, Mr. Mokitani, um share your contacts where you can found, because I believe after such uh, an amazing bio and people will probably want to contact you. Um... For we for uh, WhatsApp because uh, that's where we can also engage mostly. Triple seven one three nine nine one. Then there's also another line seven four four nine seven one seven nine. Then I personal as an as an artist I have a Facebook page uh, at Obed the artist. Uh, it's the same handler also in. In, in, in Instagram. Instagram. Yes, on Instagram. And then we also have a Facebook page, Empire Arts Consultancy. And also on, on Instagram as M, as in the letter M, Pire Arts. I will tag Empire Arts and I'll tag Mr. Mukitani so that you can slide on their DMs. Otherwise, thank you very much for facing our listen. We'll face this inside so and listen after. I'm going to grab a tea and listen to this because there was a point in time where I was like, yo, 
Mr. Mukutani, you've done quite a number for me. Thank you very much for honoring our invite. We initially supposed to have you in February, and unfortunately, you were well. And once you got better, I became unwell. So finally, we do it. Very, very, very grateful. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, this is a very great opportunity to actually talk to a lot of people out there to support Empire Arts, to support Creative Cut, to support any other initiative that involves the artists in Botswana and wishes to actually empower our local artists. So thank you and good night. Thank you. Good night. Good night, everyone. Bye. Creative Cut, filling the creator-consumer gap.